Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name is TJ Dow and I believe that we all have a bright spark inside. When you find yours, not only do you light up inside, and that feels amazing, but you light up the world around you and allow other people to feel amazing too. What a great gift to give both to yourself and to your world. The Spark to Your Success podcasts are designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and infect your day with some positivity. So today, a little bit different for you today as we have an interview. Recently, it was National Bullying Week and you may have seen lots of programmes on the TV articles in the newspapers, stuff on the radio, and of course, across social media. So I was recently visiting with a really good friend of mine, a young lady that I've known for many years now, and uh, a young lady who was very badly bullied as a teenager. And um, I wanted to share with you her story because I think it's one that If you are struggling with being bullied right now, have been bullied, or maybe are the bully, then I just want you to hear Emma's story and know that there's always light at the end of the tunnel, life always gets better, seasons change, and when you are ready to stop being the victim and become victorious, then absolutely there is a way to do that. So, Have a listen to Emma's story. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to get in touch, then of course, the usual places are tj, T-W-E-J-A-Y, at backontractteens.com. Or if you go over to the blog page at backontractteens.com, you'll see articles there and supporting material uh, about what to do if you're being bullied are still struggling with having been bullied in the past or in fact you are the bully and want to know how to stop bullying uh, we're not going to make you wrong just help you to understand maybe why it is that you choose that behavior it's a little bit longer today i have to warn you because i really wanted emma to get her story across we're here in the living room and uh, and so you might hear a few little noises as we go through this interview this is called real life <laughs> And uh, we're surrounded by the most wonderful animals. So we have guinea pigs, we have a hamster, so you may well hear running around the wheel, (laughs) scratching and nibbling (laughs) in the background. So we just wanted to let you know, this is not kind of like in a professional studio. This is like real life, real life, getting cosy on the sofa (laughs) with a dear friend of mine who... um, I just would love for you to to hear a story of hardship to hope, I guess it, it, I would call it. Mm. So, Emma. <laughs> so we, now we have nibbling and performing. We have a ha- performing hamster in the corner. <laughs> so, with hamster nibbling in the background... It's my pleasure to have you on this podcast, uh, doing this interview, because um, lots of our listeners um, will either have been bullied or maybe are being bullied at the moment, um, or some of our listeners may be parents, siblings, teachers, professionals who are trying to support somebody who is currently being bullied. 
So give our listeners a little bit of background about what that was for you, how you were bullied, where you were bullied. Like, what was that whole situation for you? Okay, so um, I guess you should always know that I have been to a lot of schools. Like, every couple of years I would move schools. Um, And so fitting in, finding long-term friends was never something I had really achieved. I think the longest I spent in a school was two years. Um, When I turned 13, my parents decided to move to Ireland from Nottinghamshire. Um, And I was worried because, like, I don't have the right accent or people like accept me for who I am you know it's a whole different culture it's a whole different country um but you know I had my heart set on like you know fitting in you know I was thinking maybe this would be the school that I would actually spend a long time in you know it's coming up to like exams and all that sort of thing so I went to the school I had a look around it looked great I could pick the options I wanted and I was like right this this is the time this is the time for me uh, school started midway through or early September. Uh, by the 22nd of October, I had my first broken bone. Um, it was completely unprovoked. I was just in the like cloister area of the school and someone just came up to me and they just broke my arm. Um, and you kind of don't think anything of it. You think, ah, oh, you know, it was just a bit boy being a boy. Um, don't really think anything of it and just like, Hadn't really fit in at that point, but I was brand new to the area. It was um, in Ireland, you start secondary school slightly later than you do in the UK. So I was actually in with a lot of first years of the school. So although I was new, so was everyone else. Um, So we were all just finding our feet, kind of trying to settle in. Um, But then things just got progressively worse and worse. Um, I was pretty much completely isolated, although there were other British people in my class. they had all been in the primary school with um, the other people. So they kind of had managed to like fit their way into the area and like had, um, and they knew who their friends were. Um, I tried to, but um, because I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic, uh, I sometimes struggled a bit more than others in school. Um, and I was excluded from certain lessons such as like learning Irish because I'd arrived too late and I was dyslexic so that combined they decided that you know there was no point in trying to learn that so I was immediately kind of pointed out as different Um, and like in certain lessons when you asked to require to um, recite a poem I couldn't do it I could spend hours doing it at home and I couldn't do it and I just looked like an idiot most of the time in front of people Um, even though at home I could rattle it off perfectly um and then i like recovered from the broken bone and then people would like open my locker and they put stuff in it but you just can't all take things out and you just think oh it's nothing like it's just one of those things but you kind of you start to see that repetition and the violence became more and more pronounced and the bullying became more and more obvious and you tried to flag it to the teachers but the teachers were like oh it's nothing it's nothing you know you're just you're just thinking that making a mountain out of a molehill and you're like but i'm not like how can you not see that this is actually affecting me um now i always enjoyed school in terms of i love learning um, I've always got a thirst for knowledge and so I've always wanted to do well even though it's not always been the easiest ride for me. Um, even though my stuff never want, went on the wall in primary school because it wasn't good enough to go on the wall. Like it was basically I was writing hieroglyphics for want of a better word because my spelling's that bad. Um, but you know I always wanted to learn and that 
itself brought across problems when I moved into the Irish school system because it wasn't seen as cool. Um, I very slowly started to gather a group of friends. Um, some of them had learning difficulties that were diagnosed. Some of them had, were, were English. Um, there was a, it was a small group and we were all a little bit what other people deemed as odd, um, but that's what brought us together. We were kind of the oddities that all pulled together in one group. And we kind of kept an eye on each other. And like when one of us was bullied, someone else would like come to our rescue um, not necessarily in an active way, but you know, you always had someone to rely on. Um, but it was a very small group and sometimes you didn't feel like you could rely on the others because you didn't want them to be a target either. Um, you know, you try to do things to fit in, you wear the uniform that everyone else does. Um, in our school we could wear our own shoes and I went out my way to make sure I had the designer shoes that everyone was wearing. At the time that was Converse, so they are quite nice shoes but they're expensive. And then to have your shoes taken off you in PE because someone's nicked them from the locker room while you're getting changed. Um, or like um, moving your stuff so that although it's actually somewhere there, it's on top of the lockers and you can't reach, um, was annoying and quite an expensive thing. Um, so I did two years at this school. Uh, in the second year the classes changed because you were fixed on ability at that point, so all my friends were in other classes. Um, I was literally alone in mine um, and it got to the point where my stuff had been set alight, it had been moved. Um, it's, you know, the physical violence hadn't stopped um, and I was getting really quite depressed with it all. Um, we were trying to look for another school but we lived in a very rural part of Ireland so it wasn't just like oh I'll just go to the other comprehensive that's just down the road we're talking like 30 miles to the next school um, so it wasn't really an option for that year and I was in my middle year and at the third year you took your exams so like moving schools wasn't ideal um, and it just got really bad I just thought I'm never going to pass any exams you know, I'm never going to last at school. I was constantly trying to think of ways of why I didn't need to go to school um, and to try and like persuade myself that, you know, there was other things. And then you'd muster up the courage to go to school and then someone would rip open your bag and you would have to carry your books all day. And we had like nine lessons a day. So that was a lot of books to be like carrying and then have to try and lug it home. And my science textbook was like a small house. It was huge um, and it was covered. and um, I had to get second-hand books because we couldn't afford like brand new books um, and they were already like scribbled in but like like notes and whatever and then you would find that um, when you opened it again people had drawn rude pictures or had written nasty words in it um, and they thought it was fine because my book was already defaced and you know why why not just draw pictures of obscene things you know um, they thought nothing of it but obviously it did affect me um, and then in our German class there was only 12 of us because most people took French um, but me being me decided that I preferred German mm. so let's let's learn German instead um, but obviously we had to give out like not information as such but like you would tell your telephone number because that was just what you did now whether people gave fake telephone numbers and I didn't or whether everyone did but they just decided to take mine um, I don't know but like they would ring at two o'clock in the morning telling my parents I'd been in a car crash and was dead when of course I was upstairs. I was fine, I was in bed, I was fast asleep. But it led to the police getting involved and the police, they were really cool. They like were really kind and really supportive but their, their inputs just caused it to get worse. Um, it escalated it. 
and like the school would be like well you know maybe we should do some mediation let's all sit down in the room together but these kids would like switch on and they would be absolutely fine and rosy in front of the teachers but then obviously as soon as um we got out the room it was just more ammo um it was just something else they could use to um do it and they got more tactful like uh, another one of the girls he used to put needles in a pen and used to stab me with the needles in the pen but obviously it just looked like a pen so no one noticed anything uh, and it just sounds weird when you try to flag it up to the teachers that don't care um mm. anyway it was getting towards the end of the year and we finally found another school that had a space for me um, and my neighbor who was also getting bullied not that i knew it at the time was going to go so it meant we could car share so we got over the fact that the school was miles away um and so I was like, I'm off. Right. Uh, I didn't sit my end of year exams because they meant nothing when I wasn't going to be at that school anymore. So I took an extra couple of weeks just to like relax, regather, um, try and like mentally prepare myself for another new school. So were you glad to go to the school or were you like upset? Because like, why should I have to go to another school and it's so far away? It's like, that's just not fair. How, how was that? Um, it was definitely upsetting because I was leaving the few friends I had. Um, mm. What I didn't say in like our small group of outcasts actually became quite big and we were one of the biggest regular meeting groups. But of course, because we were all the outcasts, no one saw that. They just saw we were a bunch of misfits when mm. actually we were the biggest group of friends in that school. So I was really sad and upset to be leaving that. But at the same time, I was so relieved that I didn't have the sort of pressure of like literally watching your back all day yeah. every day um and i was like again i was like right i can i can get to learning now like i can actually yeah. focus on something positive mm. um but obviously changing schools for your exam year threw up its own problems um so the options that i were doing in the first school didn't match the options that i could do in the second year so I was left in a classroom by myself because there wasn't enough teachers to do anything with me. Um, so I was like self-teaching myself business studies um, because there was no class that fit into mm. it. Um, I obviously still didn't do Irish because of the reasons mm. that I mentioned before. So my timetable was massively reduced. Um, I kind of was doing half the subjects that a lot of my friends were doing and I was isolated for those, for those sessions. Um, which was a challenge um, and being a small community even though we were miles away from the other school a lot of people still knew me they still knew the person I'd gone to this school with my neighbour um, and a lot of them are related and you know so it didn't actually provide the separation that I was ideally looking for um, but you know you try you put your head back down you just like right I need to I need to focus I need to do things so you know I entered competitions I did sports which is like a massive thing yeah. I did all those things to try and like fit in um, but it wasn't long before the bullying and the harassment started again like um, one person I did make friends with was in a wheelchair there because I often was sat at the front because I'd come after everyone else so that was the only spare seat um, and like I um, accidentally knocked over the teacher's desk once and it went flat on the floor. Not just like knocked over sideways, like it, it, collapsed. it, it collapsed, yeah, <laughs> uh, with a wheelchair. And I was like mortified. This was probably only my first, second or third day there. Like it was really bad timing. Oh 
and I must have been bright red like I because I just stood at the front because I was like I can't go and sit down I can't hide the fact it was me like yeah. that's just not me I can't do it so the teacher walked in and I went I'm so sorry I've, I've destroyed your desk that was exact words <laughs> destroyed your desk <laughs> and she looked at me and she looked at the desk that was literally in pieces yeah. on the floor and looked at me and she could see I was like almost welling up I was so upset and like everyone had laughed at me and all she turned around and went lads why have you not picked it up for her that's all she said and you know kudos to that lecturer like that mm. teacher and you know what she really looked after me at that, after that point like she knew I was struggling so she let me and my group of friends sit in her classroom to eat lunch there wasn't a canteen or anything at this school mm. it was too small mm. um, so you all just bought in packed lunches or went down to the shop and got food so we had this like sanctuary of safety and there was like five of us that used to kind of hang out together mm. um, and you know I really focused on the exams but this bullying was getting to the point where I still didn't want to come to school I really was struggling I didn't want I really wasn't that engaged anymore. I couldn't see a reason to have any of this, like, exams. Because what was I going to do with it? Like, at this point, I didn't have any self-worth. I didn't have any self-belief. I never thought I'd achieve anything, let alone, you know, go on to actually do something with these grades. Like, mm. at this point, I had literally pretty much hit rock bottom. Um, and then an opportunity arose for me to move back to the UK. Now, this was a big leap because I would be leaving my parents behind. And um, how old were you then? I, well, I would have been 15, 15. about to turn 16. Wow. Um, I took all my equivalent of GCSEs at mm. 15 because of where my birthday falls in the year. So I was quite, I, I would have probably, you know, early 15 at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, and it meant that I had to basically give up everything and move by myself um, to come and live. So your with family stayed in Ireland, Ireland and you came back to yeah. the UK at 15? At 15. Oh my gosh. Um, and so to do that, I knew I had to get good grades. Now, I was only taking eight subjects for my GCSEs, whereas most people in Ireland would take 12, 13. Mm. But because of like all the, the school changes and whatever, it um, became too difficult. Um, so I was just like, OK, I need to. Um, I started skipping a lot of school because it was becoming too much. I just couldn't cope. Like I was in, as I described it um, at the time, was like I felt like I was in this really dark well and you could just see like a pinpoint of light really high up, but there was no way to get back up there. It was just damp and dark and I was just stuck there. Um, but because it's an island, I'd bought all my textbooks. So I had everything I needed at home. I just didn't have a teacher. And I literally spent more of the school year out of school than I did in school in that final year. And I literally just read all the textbooks at home. I did all the assignments at home. I did everything just like self-taught. For saying I wasn't that like, good at reading and writing, mm. that was difficult. Um, but at 15, I came out with eight GCSEs, six at B and two at C. And they were both Irish history and um, Irish music, which I just hadn't had the time in the country to learn mm that sort of stuff. But you know, English and maths and whatever, got Bs, it was fine. Um, and that allowed me to go to college. And that was literally my one focus in that final year was if I get good grades, I can go to college. They had a big enough why. Yeah. Right. I, I had this like dream and I had this like, this gives me an escape. This gives me something else that I can do. So um, just before my 16th birthday, I packed up everything and I moved back across um to family members i didn't know particularly well um i wouldn't say that we were close by any means um and um i started college college is very different 
Um, I had no preparation for it because everyone in Ireland stays in secondary school until they're 18. That's just how it goes there. You can leave, but just like no one does. Um, it, there's no there's no colleges out there. It's always like just a continuation of school. It's not even really a difference of sixth form. Um, and I was the only girl in 32 boys because I took a computing course. Because computing is one thing I was good at. And at this point, I still had no idea what I wanted to do in my life. Um, I got a lot of unwanted attention in college. It was difficult. The bullying wasn't as physical as it had been in Ireland, but it certainly wasn't easy. Um, and I definitely had a few run-ins with people that made me think, I don't trust you. I do not want to be near you. And the police nearly got involved again. Um, and I was just like, I've just fought so hard to get here. Have I just, have I done the wrong thing? Have I, you know, and I just got really like, I don't even want to be at college anymore. And at this point I could freely leave. And that, so you weren't even like stuck into doing it. Cause we didn't have like, you've got to be in education till 18, 18 at the point. Yeah. in those days. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, you know, my, my skill set was there. I could achieve good grades, but at this point I was just so flat out tired and so like, there is nothing out there for me um, that I just had kind of given up before I'd even started. Um, and then I met people like TJ who ran a course and it was all about personal development and focus. And, you know, they taught me that actually my life did mean something and that I actually could achieve something in life. I didn't quite know what it was at the time, you know, like the whole week they were like, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, I don't know. I want a house and I want a pet sheep because sheep pet sheep <laughs> featured quite a lot on this course. Um, so Dolly the sheep was clear in my mindset. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted a family at that point. I kind of just knew I wanted a place to be me um, and to be accepted as me. Uh, and this course, it broke me, but it built me back up 10,000 times stronger. Um, it made me talk about truths that I never really wanted to admit. Um, but without admitting it, I never would have like moved on. Um, so it was really vital and really pivotal. And I made friends. For the first time in a very long time, I made friends who I could actually genuinely call friends and rely on. Now, some of these friends were way older than me and some were my age. Like it was a real mix of adults, kids, everyone. Uh, and so at 16, this was a really pivotal point for me. Now, I still wasn't 100% sure, as I said, I wanted to do computing. But I knew that A-levels were the way, like, you know, completing it was the way forward. So it gave me kind of that extra strength to carry on. And it gave me the motivation to help get help for my dyslexia. And, you know, really just like, it gave me a drive again. Um, something that I hadn't had in a long, long time. And it just gave me that confidence. Like, I was like this shy little thing that wouldn't come out the corner and hated the, anything but the deepest of dark, dark. Whereas now I was like, actually, there is more to life than this. Like, I can stick my head out once in a while and go, hello. Um, and I was blessed that these guys didn't just leave me after the course. They stayed with me and they supported me. And we all met up regularly and we all just had like a fabulous time learning and developing and growing. Um, and so I did loads of projects with them over two years. Um, as of 17, I got my grades. I got two A's and a C at A level. I was like, winner. I don't want to go to uni. So let me just take you back a little step because um, that's how we first met Yeah. Uh, on that personal development course. And you said, it broke me, but it built me up. It allowed me to think about thoughts that I didn't want to think about. Yeah. 
So I, I'm guessing that some of our listeners right now have thoughts that they don't want to think about. Hmm. Um, so that takes a lot of courage to go there in your mind hmm. to acknowledge truly what you're thinking, how you're thinking. And you said, what I thought was beautiful was you said, like, you know, I was in the, the depths of darkness and actually quite liked being in the darkness, mm. but there was always like that pinpoint of light. So tell our listeners, what was that transformation? What was it that it was like, I cannot do this anymore. I want that light. I want to be strong enough, brave enough to acknowledge those thoughts so that I can face them, deal with them and move on from them because that clearly was a pivot point within those four days yeah 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 yeah. i think the course held you to high regard if that made sense they didn't care about what had happened in your past now they worked on it they didn't ignore it but they weren't fussed of where you came from they just wanted to show you how good it could be um, and the best way I guess I could describe it is each of those staff members and other course participants because we all help each other like it's not just staff and then participants it's we're just one giant group we become one family for those four days um, and it's as if they built like a human chain and dragged themselves like you know down and as I passed each person they taught me something they showed me something they gave me a connection and then that allowed me to reach the top that I had not seen in a very long time I've got chills thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it kind of showed me what was out there. Like it wasn't like perfect HD quality. This is exactly how your life's gonna be. But it showed me that there was a world out there and actually it was achievable and that I wanted to achieve it. Like I wanted to get back there. As much as hiding in my little dark place was safe, it wasn't me. It allowed me to see me for the first time in years. Like we're talking probably four or five years that I actually mm -hmm. then saw what do you see? What was the you that you saw? Just someone that was like happy and bubbly and, you know, was someone who could make friends. Like I was one of those kids that would just come up to random people in the play park and we'd suddenly be friends. And mm. like we would hang out and we'd play games and like it's like we were inseparable and known mm. each other since birth. Um, and, you know, it was just at peace with who I am. Like I am a bit odd. I like that. I like wearing odd socks. I like being a little bit quirky. That she has that's... odd socks on right now. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, of course. I like being that little bit different. Not in a weird way. Not in an intrusive way. Just you know, being that smug little person who's walking around with their school uniform, knowing that I have not got school regulation socks on. <laughs> you know, I love that sort of stuff. And like, I like being active, and I like be like experiencing new things. And this course kind of showed me in many ways that all of that was possible if you just kind of switch your focus if you just kind of allow yourself to be shown that there is a different way um and you know the course is is one of those things that you know those people can't hold you up to the sky forever you do end up not back where you were like i don't think you ever then end up like back where you were but like you do have to then work your way out of the cave you or, or hole or whatever you want to call it like there has to be effort on you. So they've helped you, they've shown you, and they've shown you the path to get out, but then it's down to you to really like push and forge through that path to then actually get to where you want to go because that's how you get clarity because it's not everyone else's visions for you, it's your own. And I think when people are helping you, they inspire you and they show you, 
the way but it's kind of their reality and yours molded together whereas when you forge your own path it's yours it's your mm. light it's your picture mm. um and so it just gave me the motivation really to like pick myself back together again for the first time in a while dust myself mm. off and then carry on so you were listening to Emma there telling us her story about how badly she was bullied and trials and tribulations and how she came off uh, in the end, uh, made that change. She did dust herself out off. She did see the light, so to speak. And uh, she did forge her own path with her own vision. She came and saw me in the garden one day after we'd been to a particularly uh, eventful seminar. And so TJ... I've decided what I want to do. All my life, people told me because of the way that I was bullied that I could not be a paramedic. I was too fragile. And uh, she is fragile (laughs) in terms of how easily her bones break. And she said, I'm not going to listen to them anymore. I've always wanted to be a paramedic. That's my vision that I want to forge for my future. And I'm going to go and do that. So bless her heart. She paid for herself to go back to college. And she did go to university, even though you heard her say earlier, like, I did not want to go to university. And today, as she has been a paramedic for three years, uh, she is the most awesome paramedic, doing so much good for so many people who have been hurt or who are hurting and who are sick in this world. So what an awesome end to that story, uh, but certainly not an end to the amazing work that Emma will now go on and do in this world. Big thank you to Emma for uh, speaking to me so openly and honestly and sharing her story with you, our wonderful listeners. <laughs>